bad. What are the long box guys going to do tonight, Brain? The same thing the long box guys do every night, Pinky. Drink and talk about comics. They're useless to taking over the world. Yes. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Long Box Guys. With me, as always, are some of my very best friends since I was a very little kid. Josh, how you doing? What are you drinking? I'm doing pretty good, and I am drinking Little Machine. It has a tiny robot on it. Oh. Uh, it's the uh, the lower alcohol version of Treehouse's Juice Machine. It's a delicious beer. Juice Machine. All right. Mikey, how you doing? What are you drinking over there, pal? I'm doing well, and I am drinking a Hero Pilsner from Thimble Island, whatever that is. But it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> has, has anyone seen the Sam Adams commercial on Saturday Night Live with real Bostonians drinking Boston, uh, Sam Adams' new Boston pumpkin ale? No. It's hilarious. I highly recommend it. Tommy, how are you doing? What are you drinking? I'm doing okay. I'm drinking some Glen Fowdry. Delicious scotch. That it's, sounds uh, like they how mis- you doing? just misspelled it and then refused to change the label. <laughs> yeah, like like the guy who came up with seahorses, the males have babies. Yeah. Like, like oh, that's the male that's having babies. Yeah, that's what yeah, they the do. Yeah, the male does that. Yeah. 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 What? Yeah. No, no, yeah. then this species, the male has the babies. Like, they just don't want to go back. <laughs> like, so the how are you? Calorie count on the ice cream. I put down his four calories and four, four servings. It's kind of like our friend Remy, whose name is not Remy, but <laughs> Tom could not learn his real name other than his D&D character name, so easily a hundred people know him only as Remy because Tom is not capable of learning. <laughs> Still don't know his name. Is it Guy? Donnie. Donnie. It is Donnie. Donnie, Donnie Dorsey. It is Donnie. Yes. Donnie. His actual name is George, but close. We call him Remy. No, George was the other guy. No, his name is George Donald Dorsey. His father went by George, so he went by Donnie, so they could differentiate who was calling who in the house. You know what that is? Quick thinking. Speaking of quick thinking, today we're talking about Quicksilver, one of Marvel's... uh, few speedsters and there's not a ton of speedsters in the marvel universe speedball quicksilver anybody else wizard wizard uh one of josh's uh favorite uh villains the uh was the guy that twists really fast twister Uh, riptide riptide wasn't really a speedster per se he was a speedster because his superpower was spinning at super speeds oh and super sable i like him uh super Super saber yeah super saber yeah i like like super saber yeah speed demon Speed Demon, all right. <laughs> of course, Speed Demon, we can't forget that. I was looking all over the place, by the way, for a collected version of that. Could not find it at a copy store. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here but to that's talk not about... what we're talking yeah. <laughs> We're here to talk about the comic book history of Marvel's Quicksilver, a.k.a. Uh, Petro Maximoff. Uh, he first appeared in Uncanny X-Men number four, created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. And over the years, he has been on a number of different Marvel superhero teams to include the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, the Avengers, 
X-Men, X-Factor, and probably a few other X-Teams that I can't recall. In addition to that... Extrapolation? <laughs> Exposition? They just sat around and talked about their adventures. He has a few superpowers, including superhuman speed, uh, stamina, reaction, reflexes. He is able to travel at great velocity, and his skin doesn't fall off or anything like that. Um, he is able to hear. Uh, it's a, uh, or excuse me, not hear. Um, rapid healing. He heals quickly because his metabolism is so fast. And uh, he has, a, and I did not know this until this podcast, he has an eidetic memory, which has to be super fucking frustrating. Because as Peter David put it, Quicksilver is the guy who's standing in line. Tom, that was the only thing I wanted. Go ahead, Tom, share that. It's such a good way of showing why Quicksilver is kind of a dick and what it would be like to live your life living at hyperspeed. So pretend you're in a post office and there's 10 lines. And you have to wait in that line. And when you get up to the teller, you say one word about what you need. But then you have to get back in line again. And keep doing that. And that's kind of the pace of the world to Quicksilver. Did I explain that right, Mikey? Yes. And everybody in line in front of you has 14 things that they have to mail to different addresses and all cost different postage. And they're paying yeah. for each one separately. Yeah. It's, it's like that. That's what just talking to someone for this guy's life. So if he comes up as short or curt or a bit of an asshole, you know, there's a little bit of a reason in there. Yeah. Barry Allen had the same problem sometimes. And that it, Quicksilver is uh, tells that story or explanation to Spider-Man in an issue of Spider-Man. I can't remember what issue, but yes, that exposition is from a Spider-Man comic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Quicksilver is known basically as the asshole of the Marvel universe, uh, but he is very loving to his sister Wanda, his twin sister. Uh, their background has varied. Sometimes they were a mutant. Sometimes they were a mutate. Uh, but as, depending on which continuity you want to go with, as, he's the son of Magneto, or he was an experiment by high evolutionary on the mountains of Wundagore. Let's just go with the easy one. Magneto's his dad. <laughs> so in addition to Magneto being his father... Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, is his sister, and uh, Polaris is his half-sister. That's pretty much his family tree, except for his ex-wife, Luna, who is one of the Inhumans that live on the moon, and he has a daughter named Luna, who uh, is his, also... His ex-wife's Crystal. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. LT, you should be doing this. Now, really. Crystal has the, the elemental powers, right? I don't, remember, I don't know. Yeah, I think so. She's got the uh, red or orange hair with, red the, black hair with the streak that goes through it. She's a member of the Fantastic Four. She does a lot of crossovers with them. And because the Fantastic Four crossed over with the Inhumans a lot, uh, you know, Quicksilver makes a lot of appearances in the Fantastic Four, too. Uh, he, he, 
his comic book origin story is, you know, Magneto recruits him. They don't even know Magneto's their dad. Uh, at first, him and Wanda are part of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Then Iron Man recruits him to be part of the Avengers. When Iron Man's quitting the team, he needs new recruits. They are part of Captain America's villain squad that he turns into the Avengers. So it's, you know, him, Hawkeye, Quicksilver, and Scarlet Witch as part of that team. He ends up, uh, I think my favorite series, though, for Quicksilver is his run in X-Factor. Because Peter David really got the character. He really understood the frustration that this character has with doing everything slow. And he, he's arrogant too. Uh, and that arrogance probably become, comes from not only being able to move at super speed. So everything is moving in slow motion to him, but with his memory, he remembers Every fucking second, which has got to also grind on him too, right? But that's uh, Quicksilver in a nutshell. He's made, uh, he's been in a ton of comic books, and he's also made appearances on the small screen in WandaVision, and he's been on the big screen twice. Well, several times, but two different actors playing Quicksilver depending on if you are in the Fox's X-Men universe or the Avengers universe. Um, A quick question, Mikey, and I'm sorry to ask you this because you probably don't know around the stuff yet. Does he have uh, an eidetic memory or an eidetic memory? Uh, Eidetic memory is what I thought he had, which is anything you see you can remember. And the other one is anything that can be remembered is remembered. Oh, uh, eidetic with an E. That, all right, so that's photographic memory, so he has to see it. So, other than, all right. Small thing, but it, so, came, it came to mind for me because, uh, yeah, I like those two different kinds of cool memory. I love that. I love that superpower. So the the storyline that I like the best with with Quicksilver in it, he played such a pivotal role, even though he had so few. I know what lines you're going to say. Dialogue. Go ahead, say it. Marvel Zombies. I knew that was going to be your answer. Because as soon as Quicksilver was bitten, the whole world pretty much turned in, in, in mere minutes. Because Quicksilver just went on to tear, biting everybody. Why did he bite take one bite out of everybody, though? Because, Tom, the hunger. He's got a fast finish, man. Finish what you started, at least. No, you only eat the but best part. You eat the tongue of the liver, and you go on to the next guy. Tongue of the liver, and you go on to the next guy. Pretty much. I'd argue that, but I eat a lot of pig cheek in my day, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's delicious. <laughs> he was in a, he was at an all-you-can-eat buffet. Do you just grab one plate of one thing and finish I... it, or do you sample all of it? Tom right. is a terrible buffet person. He takes bread and salad and doesn't go for the expensive shit. You get a what? win at the buffet, Tom. You only get you the. Got... Most... I remember slapping a plate out of your hand in Las Vegas because it was had salad and rolls on it. 
Well, no salad. I don't know if you got me confused with there, unless I was doing my weird diet phase. But uh, that that plate almost hit the ceiling. You're like, you're everything I ate. Like, what? Go get the steak and some crab legs. Get out of my face. Yeah, it was a little over. Yeah, it was pretty good. But it was hilarious. Yeah, Yeah, start with the steak. Yeah. Oh, it's true. I learned my lesson. Speaking of uh, lessons, Tom, what's your favorite Quicksilver story? So uh, besides the, that explanation about why Quicksilver is kind of a jerk, uh, there's a really insane comic book where uh, Luke Cage is celebrating Martin Luther King's Day. And who doesn't like Martin Luther King's Day? Quicksilver. Doesn't get it, doesn't understand it. Tom, you got something to add there? Vision and the Scarlet Witch. Uh, it was one of the Vision and Scarlet Witch series. Yeah. And Luke Cage was in that comic book. Uh, that was their miniseries, right? Yeah, it was like one of their, like, I want to say it was like a 12-issue uh, miniseries. I only got two issues. <laughs> Luke Cage is in those two. And it just it, would just, it just struck me as funny that, that they, they, they only had a 12-1 issue, and they spent an entire issue of it, almost an entire issue, talking about why Martin Luther King's Day was, was, was popular and why it should be celebrated to a mutant who just didn't understand why Americans needed another day to be lazy. Who just hated Martin Luther King's Day. Just he hated did. that one holiday. He didn't hate it. He didn't get it. I, I don't want to... <laughs> don't paint him as somebody... He was, he, all right, he was really anti-Martin Luther King's Day. All right, but let's be clear. He was anti a day off taking a holiday for it. He wasn't anti-Martin Luther King at the beginning or in the middle. He wasn't so much anti-Christopher Columbus Day. No, he liked Christopher Columbus Day. (laughs) That's true. So, uh, Luke Cage spends the comic book explaining to him uh, how the struggle was real and how uh, Martin Luther King was deserved of a day and how people who want to emulate what Martin Luther King did... Um, should have a holiday so that they can remember, reflect, and perhaps um, you know take up the banner themselves. A day, a day of uh, work, a day of renewing the struggle today. And uh, I think John Lewis said it best when he said, "You know, when we remember Martin Luther King, don't just remember the struggle; remember that the struggle continues." Now that series, the Scarlet and Vision. That is the first time they reveal Magneto is their father, right? It's I don't mid, It's so. mid-80s? I think so. It was in the mid-80s, but I don't know if it was the first one or the second one. And it wasn't in an X-Men comic. It wasn't in an X-Men comic? I was Not in an X-Men comic, that's all, right. all I remember, yeah. The reveal was not in X-Men. Luke, I am your father. I thought it was in that 12-issue series that... It came out that Maybe. they were Magneto's kids. It was a forgettable series for me, except for that one comic. But Tommy, what was that series actually about? Do you remember the whole what the whole arc was? Yeah, no, I can't remember. Well, I mean, I know that they were like living on their own in like New Jersey or somewhere, trying to make a life on their own. You can't make a life in New Jersey. Clearly, this comic was out of sorts. Yeah, right doomed. From the doomed. You certainly, you certainly can't make a life on your own if, if you're, you know. Vision and Scarlet Witch. I think it could. I think she actually proved that you I think, could make a life. I think history has proven you wrong. <laughs> on your actual own. 
Uh, but you're right. Uh, maybe that's a portent. Maybe we should go back. She, she goes down for the neighborhood. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I think I don't really have a favorite series, but I always thought Quicksilver was a better villain than he was a hero. Like I always, I don't know. I liked the idea of him being a villain. I liked, I liked that that the way speedsters can sort of trip up a lot of powered heroes. Where on the flip side, it's just less interesting. So I always kind of wanted. I know he's a dick in the Marvel universe, but I I wanted him. I I would rather have seen him uh, played it out longer with the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. I think he's I'd rather. I think he's actually better as a hero because of two things. One, you when you're in a team comic book, you, any scene that you have has to have conflict. Quicksilver brings that conflict just by being himself, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I think more of the power. I'm talking power set, really, than personality. Uh, I like speedsters as villains, honestly. And there aren't enough of them. Except for speedsters who are directly opposed to another speedster, which irritates me. <laughs> I feel like, come on, guys. Because otherwise it's not that's fair. Two guys, that's, that's just two guys moving at regular speed. It's just a fist fight. <laughs> Let's face I mean, it, the turtle was a great villain for the Flash. I love yeah. whenever the turtle came up. But I do have to say, either way, we can all agree he wasn't a good dad. He's a better brother than he is a dad, but he does care yeah. deeply about his kid. In that, right. in his anger at not having access to his child, he misplaces his anger on everybody that's around him because of it. So also, he's got a lot of depth for a Marvel hero uh, that few writers explore the depths of like they should because, again, they use him as a foil rather than focusing in on his storyline and watching him, you know, seeing things from his point of view. I think, though, uh, I have to say the Marvel, the the X-Men movie, which I, I'm not a huge fan of most of them, but the representation of him as a speedster when in that scene in the kitchen when they're rec- rescuing Magneto is the best on-screen representation of a speedster ever. Yeah, totally agree with that. I they, loved, I loved every scene of that. They the took it right scene. out of the $6 million man. How do you show somebody with super speed? You slow everything down. <laughs> um, I loved, I loved a lot of that. Like the turning of the bullets was terrific for me. The squirting of the uh, the soap on the floor, where you know, uh, stealing the guy's hats. Everything was great, except for the fact that he's listening to music. That had to be irritating for a speedster, because it's got to sound like it's in slow. Like, unless he had a special one that sped it up. I was always thinking, like, is he listening to Albert of the Chipmunks, and it kind of sounds like Johnny Cash? Is that what he's doing? Maybe, or? maybe he's listening to it on a cassette, and it's fast-forwarding. It, well, I believe it was a Walkman. I'm going to check to see if he does push the fast-forward button instead of the play button. <laughs> Please do, my friend. Like, that play fast-forward at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else we've liked about him? He's uh, he's come up in some cartoons. He's been in uh, 
couple of the Avengers cartoons. Uh, nothing of note that I can remember, but I, I remember seeing them. Uh, in the Ultimates universe, he had an incestuous relationship with Scarlet Witch. Implied. Jamie Lannister like level implied, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got nothing else on Quicksilver. It's just kind of, I, I think he hasn't been served the justice that he deserves. Has so. anyone ever seen anyone cosplaying him except for the Marvel version? I saw one Marvel version guy kind of dressed up in the blue and the headphones and the glasses. No, he's just not, I mean, he's not a popular hero. Yeah. Especially for somebody who's been around since, what, 1960-something? Well, <laughs> You're talking about four guys who dress up as Madrox sometimes, though. I mean, like it it's not about popular. It's about hitting the right note. And I guess this guy didn't hit the right note with enough people. Because even the most obscure character, I mean, I've seen, you know. I've seen Jack of Hearts. You, you're, you're lying absolutely 100% about that because, and this is why I know you're lying, you would have gone through hell or high water to get a picture of it to rub in my fucking face. I got pictures of Diane standing next to you dressed as Jubilee just so I can rub it in your face later. <laughs> By the way, that was a great Jubilee. Yeah, it was amazing. She did a great job. Yeah. So you would have had a, you would have taken a picture if you saw anyone dressed as Jack of Hearts. And Jack of Hearts has got to be one of the harder ones to pull off because it's just such a mishmash of shit. I've seen Buana Beast. I was going to do Buona Beast. Buona Beast is a, a, a tiger loincloth and a mask. I've seen uh, Creeper. Like, I, I've seen some obscure characters, but I've never seen a Quicksilver. You're right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying to you. I've seen some very obscure guys, but I've never seen Quicksilver who's not as obscure as Buona Beast at the very least. I've seen Buona Beast. I've seen cross-gen Dazzlers. All right, Let's throw this out to the long box legionnaires out there. If Quicksilver is your jam, go ahead and tweet us at the long box guys and tell us why you like or hate Quicksilver. And if you really hate Quicksilver, you should become one of our Patreons. Go over to patreon.com slash the long box guys. And for a mere $1 a month. Wait, wait, the price of a hand job in 1972? That is correct, good sir. For a mere price of a hand job in 1972 at a bus station, same as downtown, you can sponsor the long box guys. Actually, you're not sponsoring us. All the money we earn from our Patreon goes to the Elizabeth Peabody House Food Bank, which helps uh, feed families that need a hand up. We always appreciate all our Patreon backers, and Quicksilver would hate that idea. Of, yeah, some free food for yeah. what? Not working? Yeah, exactly. Not working? Exactly. He is one of our more far-right also superheroes. Almost libertarian, really. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay, so I can't not, not see what he does radio. with the, the Walkman and the clip. But one of the things I did notice while re-watching the clip was when he throws the plate at the guy, it's moving about three times as fast as the bullets. It probably would have cut that dude's head off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there it is. Maybe ease up with the plate next time. <laughs> that guy didn't live. How many guys did he kill 
practicing play throwing. Yeah. At, at least that guy. <laughs> that guy's not getting up. That, that guy wasn't getting up. All right, I think that does it for Quicksilver. Thanks a lot, everybody. And Mikey. Excuse me, what do you have in the front of the long box? I have nothing at the front of the long box. Fuck that long box. Tommy, where do you got the back of the long box? I have Human uh, by Diego Agrimbo and Lu- Lucas Varela. Did, I love hearing you pronounce names. Were you right? able to find that on your Comixology app easily? I was. <laughs> it took me like 20 fucking minutes. So not easily, you're saying. Okay. God damn it, I hate the Snoop fucking app. <laughs> uh, this is a story of this scientist who was you know, planning for the end of the world. So him and his wife... They planned for the end of the world. They sent themselves up into space, orbiting the Earth with a group of androids that they created. And sex all robots. The that they created. Okay, go ahead. What? You can just call them sex robots. It's fine. You don't have to call them androids, Mr. Fancy Pants. Anyway. And they were supposed to come down at a predetermined time 500,000 years later after the Earth had healed itself. Once mankind was gone... So that they could once again come down to Earth and repopulate the world, basically, and, and set up everything once because mankind was fucking it all up, the global warming, etc., and so forth. And so, guy comes down to Earth, things get a little mashed up, some of his equipment's gone, stuff doesn't go quite as planned, but he's like, you know what, I can still do this. I still have, you know, several androids. Several of my equipment pods are fine. I just need to find my wife. He searches, searches. Finally, he finds his wife. His wife had come down 100 years before. Uh, her pod had gotten damaged. It had come down early. And he finds his wife is dead. And, you know, he, him and his wife had this idealistic vision to basically create a perfect society without all of mankind's uh, problems and issues, without all the mistakes that mankind had made the first time around. They were going to do everything right, do everything ecologically. They were going to take samples of all the life and, you know, work in perfect harmony with nature instead of all the problems that happened the first time around with, with mankind destroying the earth and uh, not working with nature and destroying nature. And, in his grief, he decided that, you know, that all of the jungle was out to get him. And so he starts building a fort. He starts uh, capturing these these women uh, ape creatures that are, you know, just outside of where he built his fort. Just say so ape, bro. Just, just say sex apes. What's <laughs> having sex with them, Tom? You got the ugly one. <laughs> oh my god, throwback to one of the oldest jokes we've ever told each other. <laughs> Keep going, Tommy, sorry. But he was basically he was screwing everything up and it was just a really well written <laughs> story about how even even when somebody has has the best of intentions they can screw it all up 
And it was a very humanistic story uh, about this man who was trying to do the right things, but going about it the wrong ways. And uh, it was it was great. Uh, I recommend it. It was published by Europe Comics. Uh, you can find it on Comicsology if you look up Lucas Varela, uh, because you will never find it if you look up Human. <laughs> because that is the way Amazon and Comicsology now work. <laughs> So look up the creator and you will find it. It's a great book. Uh, it's a pretty quick read. It's 138 pages, um, but it's a good story. It sounds like a good story. I might look that one up. Thank you, Tommy. Josh, got a tangent for us this week? I got a – I mean, I guess it's it's a little on the serious tip, but okay. It's picture yourself when you were 13. Go back into the Wayback Machine, 13 years old. Do we all know where yeah. we were when we were 13 what we were doing? Sure, I was masturbating. Yeah, clearly. I was yeah. memorizing every inch of ALF. Yeah. So there was an incident at my nephew's school, and two 13-year-olds were involved um, in, uh, in creating Nazi symbols around the school for, for certain things. And... My sister was like, they're kids. They shouldn't be punished. They don't even know what they're doing. And I'm like, I pretty much knew what the fuck I was doing when I was 13. I was in the driver's seat. I wasn't like some like haphazard kid, right? Like 13-year-olds, you should be pretty culpable for your action. I'm not saying that they need to be you know, filed charges against, but but – you are definitely aware at 13, and my sister thinks these kids are just being kids. I know it's offensive and not offensive, but I don't know the difference between good attention and bad attention at 13. That's my problem for that. Uh, so I know if I'm, I'm going to get attention if I do something bad because, I, like I said, I didn't really know the difference between good attention and bad attention. So... You know, I, I can understand that aspect of it, but I definitely knew when I was being offensive. And I know Nazi symbols are offensive at 13. So 13-year-olds' yeah, brains haven't finished developing yet, and the last part of the brain in the human to develop is the frontal cortex, which is impulse control. And I say that knowing that some of us have jumped off a bridge onto a moving train <laughs> that was more alcohol control than impulse control. <laughs> it was affected yeah, it was by alcohol, but alcohol. still. Uh, I had a reasonable shot of making it onto that train. It was at <laughs> least 80-20. It was a statistical anomaly that I just missed. I mean, it was because I was drunk that I missed. If I was just buzzed, I would have been on that train headed out of town, Mike. I think what you would have to address, though, is not the underlying, like, whether they knew what they were doing was right or wrong, but why they felt, they obviously know that Nazis are bad, but why they felt it would be appropriate and to put that stuff up, you know, what was their intent, uh, without knowing yeah, their that. Their intent was just to shock and make a little bit of a ruckus. All right, you punish them. But if, if, if they were there to terrorize uh, another student or something like that, that's a, a bit different. 
which I doubt, by the way, at 13, you're not really thinking this will terrorize the Jews. It especially was directed at a person. Not it was? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a bullying thing. That's a bit. Yeah, yeah. that's a bullying thing. That's a bit different. It's not great, but I, I certainly don't want them expelled for it. But they do need a decent lesson on why that's wrong. There's definitely consequences that should be involved, right? Yes. Like, yeah. That's yeah. that's not a you get a detention moment though. No. But my no. point to my sister was that these kids knew what they were doing, and there was intent behind it. Yes. It's not like. As a 13-year-old, you're suddenly unaware of how the world works, especially in the the atmosphere we live in for the past few years. I think it's especially prominent that these things have been pointed out, what what they entail. And so there's more weight to it now than I think it would have been when we were kids. I will say this. At 11, I was enthralled by the Thunderbird symbol which is very much like a Nazi symbol because I was embracing my Native American roots, which I found out was all bullshit. If it was in my life, if it was more than if it was just two kids, that's what worries me. If it was a whole group of kids, I don't know about punishing them all because people tend to just go with the flow, sure. especially when yeah. you're a younger kid. Like, okay, all everybody else is doing it. I'm just going to do it. Even if they think it's wrong, they don't want to stand up to that peer pressure to do it. Uh, I watched just a, explain Nazism really well. Yeah, I, well, I watched a great video. Uh, they did an experiment to see if people would do something ridiculous if everybody else was doing it. So they gave, they put out uh, a free eye exam uh, to anybody who would want it. And the people who, they had plants. So, uh, like, actors who were just in this waiting room. There were 10 actors and this woman comes in for her appointment. They check her in. They're like, okay, just go have a seat. And then there would be a bell that would ring and everybody would stand up. And so at first the woman is looking around like, why is everybody standing up? But by the third time the bell rang, she started standing up. And so they kept on doing it, and slowly everybody left except for it was just her. And she did it by herself. And then another person who was not part of the control group, just a random person, came in and sat down, and the bell rang, and she stood up. And after two times, the guy was like, what are you doing? She's like, I don't know. That's just what you do while you're here. When the bell rings, you stand up. And then he started standing up. And everybody who came in after that started standing up. Even one guy was like, why are you guys all standing up? But he still stood up. So this is a variation on an experiment that took place in the 1950s. It's one of my favorite examples of why you shouldn't just do what everyone else is doing. They put 10 monkeys in a cage. And they put a ladder and bananas at the top. And uh, whenever a monkey went up to get a banana, ice cold water would blast all the monkeys. And they would, uh, the monkey on top would uh, be beaten up by the guys that got blasted with the ice cold water. And this happened over and over again until all the monkeys knew that when the banana shows up, if you go up the ladder, beat the shit out of whoever's going up the ladder. And then they started putting in new monkeys who didn't know what was going on, but they got beat up if they started going up. It's the same exact thing. They slowly took all the other monkeys out, and some of the monkeys, and then the monkeys who had never been blasted with icy water were still beating the shit out of any monkey that climbed the ladder. 
just because that's what we've always done. And that's my favorite example of that's how we've always done it. Don't do that. Uh, it's a recreation of that experiment. I remember reading that they did that with the bell in the optometrist's office a little while ago. So it's a great example of why don't just keep doing it. Sorry, that was a tangent on the tangent. But I love that experiment. Well, there you go. What, uh, what, what did you think, Josh? I mean, you really haven't said that. I mean, you said I think it's more than just a detention. I think there's a couple days of detention and maybe a little bit of sitting down and making sure people understand why it's bad. Oh, I'd suspend those kids for yeah, okay. a while. Yeah. We're about, I think we're all about on the same page. Like, not expel, because expel just no, no, makes no, I, it hard to get an education. I don't like expel. No, there, yeah, there shouldn't be permanent consequences, right? Yeah. Like, there shouldn't be charges on against kids for most things. I mean, um... If you got charged for everything you do as a kid, you still Yeah, seriously. I, I mean, for repetitive behavior, eventually that's what comes around, right? But... Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't just slap a detention on them and sit down and have like a friendly chat. That's not what I would do with those kids. A little more. Yeah. I think we're all on the same page for, for one goddamn time in our lives. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I think they need some re-netification and, uh, some, some suspension, maybe. I would just go with like a week's detention, but at the detention... You know, make them uh, you know, read a book. Find out why this is bad. Actually talk about what Nazism is. It's not... Maybe maybe show them some, you know, films of concentration camps. Maybe kill them. Wow. Maybe bully the oh, shit yeah, out of them so that they can maybe, have empathy for people. <laughs> maybe maybe force them to do the hard labor right. of cleaning up the Nazi symbols. Show pictures of their grandparents in giant ovens burning to death. Yeah. 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 Well, if it was their grandparents burning to death, they... Yeah. They you, you don't understand how... You don't understand how... <laughs> Mark's, like, like, Mark's like, nope. They, they, they could have had the kids already. They yeah, I, 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 it, it occurred to me, like, like uh, they, they don't have... It depends on how old they were when they were burned to death, if they had children or not, but they wouldn't be grandparents if they didn't have kids already, so I'm an idiot. So uh, my good friend, uh, my, my good friend Eddie in uh, San Francisco, she was telling me, she's she's about 84, uh, and we used to walk our dogs together, and I loved Eddie, and she was telling me about a grandma who uh, was a survivor, and she said, you know, it affected her to this very day, because to this, she, she looked at me very seriously. And I swear this happened. She looked at me right in the eye and she goes, to this very day, my grandmother will not go into a poisonous gas chamber. <laughs> Some people learn. I swear that happened, though. She, she told me that joke and I had no idea if I should laugh or not because I knew she was – it actually – she did have a grandmother there. But it's the only Auschwitz joke that I think is funny. Only because Eddie told it to me. To this very day, Tom, and I'm serious, she will not go into a deadly gas chamber. That's a quality joke. Moving on! (laughs) No, moving on. Uh, I guess that was just a plugs. No, you got a 3 to 18 for us? Oh, 3 to 18. I guess that's a no. I did have one planned. All right, this is one. This is kind of area specific. 
but we're going to open it up a little bit because it's on my, it's been on my mind this week. The Big E. For those of you who aren't in this area, I'm talking about a big local county fair. For a big local county fair, what is it for you, 3 to 18? For me, it's like a solid 15. I really kind of want to go to those big county fairs. I love county fairs. Um, for our overseas friends, maybe you have another name for them, but these are kind of a universal thing, you know, a big fair that celebrates farm life, agricultural life, and, and things of that nature. Yeah, I'm going to go with a 15 also. I, like, I just went right. to the Durham Fair this last year. I, I had a great time. It's an agricultural fair, but, I mean, I get to go eat really food that's bad for me. Uh, I was going to say, cake. yeah, yeah. Uh, cake on a stick. A steamed cheeseburger. Uh, I love it. I steamed during a Mary Jane. Those are delicious. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I had a good time. Uh, I like seeing the the quilts and all the the handcrafted items and stuff. That's it's neat. Tom, you you kind of grew up in our. I know you grew up in our area because you know. Did you go to the Big E a lot? Yeah, I went to the Big E a lot as a as a youngin. Um, I mean, I'd probably say maybe at fourteen. Yeah. I, I certainly haven't gone in like, you know, probably probably close to two decades. Well, I didn't go the last four years or so, but that's COVID. I have not been in a really long time. If I see, like, a fair, like, on the side of the road, I cannot hit the brakes fast enough. If I got time, that's that shit. It's a fair. What, are you fucking crazy? Yeah. We're stopping. Yeah, I need some fried dough. Damn right. What's the I worst? Mean, I like region? fried dough. Don't get me wrong. But What's I should the- not eat it. What's the worst thing you ever ate at a fair? I actually did have a piece of deep fried cake on a stick, and it was delicious. <laughs> I mean, I've had the deep fried Oreos. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I had a, uh, I mean, uh, a deep fried Snickers, deep fried Mars bar, deep fried Twinkies. Um, I'm trying to think what else is the reason I'm a diabetic. I've heard of the deep fried. <laughs> I've never, I've never even come close to having it. These. Other reasons I'm a diabetic. Yeah, it's a long list, and it's uh, I love the. And it biggie. starts with deep, and then ends in fried. I even love the Palmer Fair, the Palmer County Fair, the the 4-H Fair every year. I love that as a kid. So three to eighteen, Josh Biggie. Uh, so yeah, so I I'll throw it out there. It's called the Eastern States Exposition. Is the full name if you ever get a chance to go. One of the beautiful things about it is uh, it's it's a very large permanent fairground. And every state in New England has their own permanent building there where you can go in and get the delicacies of those states. So you can walk into Maine and have a lobster roll, roll into Vermont and have some apple pie. It's just – Go into Massachusetts and get a racist slur thrown at you? Yeah, whatever it takes. Uh, (laughs) It's all delicious. Uh, I'm going to go – I'm going to say 16. Let's go this year, guys. Come on. Yeah, it's food and beer. Yeah, I mean, we're going this year. The only downside of the Big E is the crowds are horrendous. The traffic. Gotta go the weekday. Gotta hit a weekday. Yeah, you gotta go a week. But even then, it's every school bus on the planet is yeah. parked there. Yeah. All right, we're going. I'll this go. Year. Oh yeah, it's like the okay. last week of September, first week of October, something like that. Usually. It's longer than that. It's no, it's only two weeks. It's only two yeah, weeks. Only you're two right. Weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Yeah, you're right. It's only, only two, two weeks. weeks. 
I remember when I was a kid, they used to have a circus. Oh, yeah, Barnum and Bailey would always be there. It's the only time I've ever seen a circus, and I saw Jumbo, the giant elephant. I don't I was think in, it like, was... the super nosebleeds. I don't think it was Barnum. I think it was Big Apple. No, yeah, no, no, it was Barnum back in the day when I was a kid. Was it? Yeah, way back in the day. It was Big Apple later. Now, I remember it was Barnum and Bailey just because I was like, oh, my God, it's the famous Barnum and Bailey. I was over the moon. Thinking I'd, I'd get to see the world-famous and, Barnum and Bailey Circus, and Jumbo was theirs. And the last time I went, I believe Stryker played. Stryker? No, Stryker. Stryker? Stryker was a Christian rock band. No, Stryper <laughs> was a Christian rock band. Stryker. I thought it was a K. It's P. I'm going to go to my expert on music, LT. I think, there were, I think both of those are bands. And Who's I think both of them are metal bands. I think yeah, but I think Stryker. which one was the Christian rock band, Tommy? You're the decider on this one, buddy. Well, I mean, we could let the internet decide. I'm like 90% sure it was Striper. Oh, I'm not. Oh, my, Striper. my certainty is really low. I thought <laughs> it was Striper. Striper. Yeah, I can, I can even name a song, I think. I think wow. it's Striper. Yeah, all you know, the All You Zombies was uh, the other band. All you zombies show your face. No, that's... I know, that's the other Christian rock band. That wasn't a Christian rock band. Uh, oh, it was. They just kind of hit it better because uh, if you listen to that song, it's about Moses. Nervous Night was the name of the album. Uh, fuck. Oh, good pull. Who was the... What was the name of the fucking man, though? Come on, Tommy. What's the name of the band? All I you think people... It was the Hooters, that wasn't, wasn't it? No. Wasn't it the that? Hooters? It was the Hooters. Good on you. It was. It was the Hooters. Oh. Half of their song. Half of their I, thought you, were, I thought you were talking about the metal band that. No, he was talking. I was talking about the song he was singing. I want to love a tangent on a tangent on a tangent. Shut up. God damn it. All right, you look that up, and Stay while focused. you're while you're doing no, that, you're in addition to us going to the Big E this year, we're also going to be at AwesomeCon. Uh, Washington, D.C., June 3rd through the 5th. We are going to be doing our world-famous panel on horrible, horrible, horrible stereotypes in comic books. So if you're in the D.C. area, come on by and see us. And if you're not in the D.C. area, go to the D.C. area and come on by and see us. Please. And I'd like to thank Kirby Crackle for providing our geek rock music every week. You can go to Kirby Crackle Music dot com to check out their music if you're watching this on youtube and you're like what music go over and check out our podcast it's available anywhere you get your podcast if it's not i don't know te- uh, shoot us an email at lucky bastard at the com. let us know what where you get your podcast and why we're not on it because we're yeah. pretty much everywhere we're ubiquitous at this point we're yeah. everywhere we're everywhere yeah. So I, I think you are right, Tom. There is no. Don't get me wrong. There is a Christian rock band named Striker, Stri- but I believe the one I was referring to is Striper. Striper was way more uh, famous. It would yes. play the Big E. Striker would be on a soundtrack to a Christian movie. Uh, I'm gonna have to, yeah, yeah. Striper had a couple of hits too. I think I saw last time I went to the Big E and saw a band. I think it was Bachman Turner Overdrive. Taking care of business, baby. Boom. Yeah. 
I don't know any other song by BTO. Nobody knows any other. So Tommy, Tommy might. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not even going to go there. Uh, you know, I was actually listening to uh, uh, the the, the uh, uh, Bachman Overdrive uh, radio station on Pandora because I was in the mood to hear Taking Care of Business. So I put that radio station on. That came on first, and there was four songs that I had heard on the radio, but I couldn't name. But I'm like, that sounds familiar. I've heard that. It's not bad. The first time I went to Disney World, 38 Special was playing. And they huh? played their hit song like three times in wait, that wait. one set. Wait, what's what's the one song you can remember from Turner Bachman? Taking care of business. You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't oh, seen nothing yeah. yet. Woo-hoo. Yeah, that yeah. was the second song that came on. I'm like, yeah, I know that song. And yeah, when I was listening to this song, I probably knew it. Because <laughs> they say it like a thousand times. Oh, Tommy, you said the first time. How many times you go to Disney World? Uh, I think I've been like three times. Oh, man, I got to go someday. You got to go with LT and Eileen. And I say this only because Eileen is a fucking taskmaster. Uh, uh Usually, Jen and I like to piddle around and just go wherever, but we were on a schedule, and we saw more of Disney going around one day with Eileen than we did when we went there by ourselves and spent four days there. <laughs> so That's fair. And me, I just don't even like being there. <laughs> My friend Serenity did the Star Wars Hotel experience. Ooh, Ooh, that's expensive. How would it go sitting in a box? She said, yes, it was very expensive, but she said it was amazing. Oh. So you basically, you start out and you can basically choose uh, different, uh, several personas when you go in. And then you're given a wristband that's like a watch. And the actors near you can identify what storyline you're on by the watch you're wearing. And they all interact with you, like, by name and by plot. And wow. so she's like, the actors were amazing. Like, they had, like, 11 storylines to, like, follow and remember. And they were hitting people, like, right away, like, interacting with you with what plot you were on and what story you were on. And some of them crossed over. So sometimes you and other people staying there ended up in the same place but on different storylines all trying to accomplish sometimes opposing things in the same place she's like it was amazing and the actors were amazing that sounds damn and now i'm now i'm gonna have to fucking save up money that's like 2500 bucks right it's like 2500 bucks a night oh yeah i think that's like, like lottery if- money yeah, I think if you want the whole weekend with like the whole, all alcohol package and everything, it's like six or seven grand. That's like a safari. I'm like, that's what I, I've been putting a little money away to go to safari. That's that's like a classic car. Six thousand dollars is not a classic car, Tom. Yeah, no, I could get a car that is a project car for six or seven grand. Tommy, I get a car that's piece, almost Tommy, done. Tommy, you piece of shit. You have a classic car that's a project car for how long? Yeah, that's never getting done. I could get it. I love how dismissive he was of you. That is just 
Mwah. <laughs> That's just like my stormtrooper armor that's sitting in Josh's garage. That's right. I had to move that to get some beer out the other day. Welcome to my world of failure as a person. Josh, how long before you pass it on to me? I'm just asking. I'm going to have a truck soon. Yeah. No, I'm not going to have a truck soon. Not soon? October 19th is when I ordered my truck. I called the, I called up Ford today and I was like, hey, hey. remember the $1,000 I gave you <laughs> as a down payment for a truck? Can I have that truck? <laughs> and the answer was no. no. I like, waited a long time for my Ford Bronco and it is totally worth it. <laughs> no, we ordered our cars the same week, Tom. Yeah, well, some of us have better karma than others. I don't know what to say. <laughs> God loves drunks and children, and I am God's favorite drunk child. We all know this. My karma reserve is strong. You know who also has a strong karma reserve? Who's that? Ian Lino at ianlino.com or... Or geekorthodox.com. GeekOrthodox.com. Hello. GeekOrthodox.com, purveyor of fine Johnny Skywalker Rocks glasses, stained glass prints, uh, sake glasses, you name it, they got it at GeekOrthodox.com. But if you want t shirts, you got to go to IanLino.com. And on a personal I just want to thank Tammy Lino. She just donated to our fundraiser. We have a little fundraiser going on right now to repay a local Polish firefighting team who donated the rebreather units that we brought over the border into the Ukraine recently, as crazy as that sounds, but they did, and we did, and uh, we're repaying them with their rebreathers. We're trying to raise $3,000. The Linos were kind enough to donate a a nice little sum part of that. Uh, This will only be going on for about another week because we've already raised almost $1,000 of the $3,000 we need. So thank you for everyone who's uh, already contributed including my good friend Mikey down there. Thank you very much, my friend. And uh, if you can't contribute, just uh, put the word out. How can they contribute, Tom? Uh, they can do, uh, they can contribute right to the Elizabeth Peabody house uh, with the uh, tagline firefighter. And that's the best way I want our listeners to contribute. I don't want anyone to send money straight to me who's a listener only because um, that seems sketchy. <laughs> Yeah, so but give it to the Elizabeth Peabody House. Well, if they send it to the Elizabeth Peabody House. 100%. Right. And also, <laughs> and also, people should go watch the John Bronco movie. John John Bronco? John Bronco. I'm going to go watch that It's movie. a John Bronco movie. Go, <laughs> I'm go check go it out. Uh, anything else? To, uh, jo- Josh, what's the name of the, uh, the little comic company that, we're, that I like, too, right now? Great stories, comics and games. I was driving by the other day, and they finally got their sign. (laughs) Did they hang it up, or is it just in the back room somewhere? No, no, it's actually up. Uh, You can actually see it in the strip mall. All up there to see. Great stories. I had a hard time finding one. I went and visited, but they were super nice when I came in, and super cool. I guess that'll do it for us. Tommy, any words of wisdom for us? Hey, man. It's almost that time to get your fourth shot. I want to get my four shot. You should get your four shot. 
Yeah, have shots you're with the long box guys. Oh, you're, 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 you are. Are you eligible? Oh, yeah. What? I'm going to be eligible soon. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, yeah, you are. Uh, yeah, you are. No, no, they yeah, have to the, the, the 60. What? Uh, Monday, they have to the, the 60. Today's Monday, right? They have to the, the 60. Four shot, 60 is what they're recommending. I thought they were doing 50. I thought so, too. That was last week. This week, they're saying 60. Fuck. I'm never going to catch up. No, you can get it. They're only recommending it. It's like you have comorbidities that I don't have, though, so you're probably good. Uh, Josh, awesome con. Is that your uh, Is that your sector? Is there any good breweries down there, by the way? Near D.C.? Have you ever you haven't looked at it? I, I figured you would have. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there are. We'll Josh is my favorite way of ma- making new friends in new places. He just walks into a bar, buys a round, makes sure the bar is not too packed. And uh, we, we have friends all weekend right off the bat. It's great. I love going Stay out and nice. partying with Josh. Yeah. Great trick. Is that a trick? Just being nice. Call it a life hack. <laughs> well, life hack. That's every label to life hack these days. Yeah. Mikey, how you doing? I'm doing this fine. Like, buddy. <laughs> this podcast is like drunk history, but for comics. And don't forget what I always say. It's my new saying. I'm going to start it this week. Long friendships, short wars, guys. Fair enough. Wait. Fair enough. What? Short wars? That doesn't sound like a good thing, by the way. Yeah, you shouldn't be promoting short wars. You shouldn't be promoting (laughs) wars at all. Like a war where a country just rolls over some other country (laughs) they can barely resist and they take them in like three days. That's not a good war. Uh, it's called I'd rather history. short wars and long wars uh, with good Total outcomes. domination. I'd have no wars. So uh, if Hitler just wars. dominated everybody, that would have been a better outcome for you yeah, than uh, the long, drawn-out World War II? Made it all the way to the fucking Atlantic, just fucking rolled over everybody? Don't Go do on. what I always say, guys. <laughs> <laughs> don't do what, so what you're saying is you, you don't like Belgium. Hey, we'll see you next week in the log box, guys. Bye bye. Love you. Bye bye. Bye bye. We're on the road. We're going home.